The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. We are going higher indeed, everyone. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fischetti with Jerry Caldwell and Mary Holland. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Happy Monday, everyone. How's, how's everybody doing? Good. <laughs> Mary? Hi. Oh. Hey. Good. <laughs> so great to have you with us here, uh, and uh, happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to uh, to One Life Radio. As I said, we are live, and we are going over the most read news and views of the week with Mary Holland and the Children's Health Defense.org. If you're listening, perhaps for the first time, let me introduce Mary Holland. She serves as president and general counsel of Children's Health Defense. She left the faculty of New York University School of Law, where she served for 17 years, most recently directing its graduate lawyering program. Mary received her Master of Arts and Juris Doctor degrees from Columbia University and her undergraduate degree from Harvard. She has worked in international public in private law, and Mary is the co-author of Vaccine Epidemic and the HPV Vaccine on Trial, Seeking Justice for a Generation Betrayed. You can find Mary at childrenshealthdefense.org, and it's so great to be here. Good to hear that you guys had a great weekend, and uh, are we ready to get started on these most read news and views? <laughs> let's do it, I'm right? Ready. All let's right, do let's it. do it. Okay, so the first headline, uh, Mary, the first headline reads, Finally, the Lancet uh, acknowledges natural immunity superior to mRNA COVID vaccine. So, Mary, can you explain to the listeners what the Lancet is and why this declaration or acknowledgement coming from them is so important? And where do you think this acknowledgement will lead us from here? Sure. So the Lancet is one of the most important medical journals in the world. It comes out of the United Kingdom. And everyone historically has known that natural immunity is at least as valuable as any kind of vaccine-induced immunity. Typically, natural immunity is much stronger than vaccine-induced immunity. But in the context of COVID, everybody was told, oh, no, 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 natural immunity doesn't count. In the United States, actually in Europe, they recognize natural immunity, but the United States did not and still does not. And so for this journal to come out and say, based on the study of 65 studies, uh, natural immunity is at least as high or higher than vaccine-induced immunity should change the weather. Mm -hmm. But as Dr. Meryl Nass, one of our important contributors, points out in this article, she says basically, though, this reinforces the idea that a government can discriminate on the basis of your immune status. And as she says, I love her conclusion, she says, quietly, without any apology, they've moved on. There were no mistakes. There's no blame. There's no information about outlandish estimates for COVID deaths. Just we're moving on and we want more money and leave us alone to do the so-called science. Mm, wow. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it is. And there was actually a test to um, to determine how much a natural immunity you had. Do you remember I told you early on, this was early on in the pandemic, uh, in the first year, at the end of the first year, and I have a friend, can't disclose who it is, uh, whether they're male or female, nothing, but they were privileged uh, to a test that determined um, their natural immunity um, by, a, I think, I believe it was a blood test. And um, they had had uh, COVID, okay? So they, they survived COVID, and then they had this test. And so this, this person, uh, the high natural immunity was between 600 and 800, and this person uh, was between, it was like 650. And so then what would it be if I was immunized? What, you know, received the COVID-19 vaccine? And she told this person that, I'm butchering this, but the whole point is they knew early on, okay? They knew early on, and they had information that the, after people had received the COVID-19 vaccine, that their immunity on the same test that they gave this person was coming back at between 250 and 300. Right. So this is an antibody test. This is just a straight up antibody to COVID test. And yes, natural immunity now, now if the Lancet says it, so, but what it does do is it reinforces this, this idea that you may need to have, quote, unquote, documented immunity to be able to travel. Mm-hmm. So it's not all good news, but it is somewhat good news. Yeah. Well, um, you know, but yeah, it's good to good to talk about it. Uh, and as, if you're just now joining us, we are with Mary Holland going over the most read news and views of the week. The second headline reads, Ohio train disaster exposes dark side of plastic. So Mary, to quote Congressman Jamal Bowman, this is one of the deadliest environmental emergencies in decades and no one is talking about it. So, Mary, as the headline reads, there's a very dark side of plastics, and it's nearly everywhere, isn't it? Let's talk about it. Yes. So this was a a catastrophic um, toxic exposure in Ohio, and and I think we still don't know the full story by a long shot. But one of the things this article suggests is that vinyl chloride, which is the basic ingredient in PVC piping, which is everywhere, it says that it releases phosgene gas and um, and another byproduct. And phosgene gas was used in World War One uh, to kill people as a chemical weapon. Mm. Um, and okay. also, the PVC can degrade into dioxins. I'm not entirely sure that that's accurate, to be honest with you. But um, the bottom line is is that plastic is very, very toxic, and um, this was a very dangerous burn. And, so, and, and it, there are a lot of people involved in the cover-up trying to protect the uh, Norfolk Southern that was involved and in, in other regulators. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it really is everywhere. I mean, it's it's in uh, it's in our plumbing. Uh, um, and then I, I was I did a deep dive into this, and the PVC pipes have almost replaced cast iron and plumbing uh, and drainage. It's also in gutters, downspouts, electrical cables, windows, construction, vinyl siding, wire rope, signs, even clothing. And so, um, you know, and and lead now has been uh, frequently added to PVC to improve workability. Uh, and lead has been shown to leach into drinking water from PVC pipes. But all of these these chemicals that were on that train, right, were are are made are are, are um, used to make PVC and a lot of other things that we don't even think of, but it is really ubiquitous. Would you agree? And and just yeah. like, it's all over the place. It's everywhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. PVC piping is everywhere. It has completely replaced copper and lead and, and steel and other kinds of piping. It's everywhere. Yeah, and, and it's not very, and it's not, um, I'm going to say, it, it's not, uh, it's not, 
well-made. It's very susceptible to breaking. I've had um, two instances where PVC piping in my home um, broke in the last three years and did a lot of damage to my home. And so I replaced it myself, Mary, this one end cap because I didn't, I didn't have anybody around to do it. It was during the last ice storm and I replaced, went to Home Depot and got a cast iron cover for it and put it on myself. <laughs> and, and, and I don't think it'll ever break again <laughs> because it's cast iron. And so it's, those are all things that we, you know, we need to think about as we're, you know, moving through uh, this world that we live in, making, having things built that are going to last, right, and that don't contaminate our world. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, the third headline from the most read news and views of the week from the Defender newsletter reads, Court documents show that GlaxoSmithKline knew for 40 years Zantac could cause cancer. So, Mary, what evidence has big pharma giant GlaxoSmithKline uh, concealed for decades showing that Zantac uh, could cause cancer? What have they been covering up? Well, um, so Zantac is, I guess, a heartburn medication, and it is it when it's stored for any length of time, it um, can have an ingredient called ranitidine. Ranitidine, I think, is the pronunciation, uh, and also NDMA, and I can't even pronounce what that is. And both of these can be very, very. The NDMA is a nitrosamine, and both of these can be very, very um, toxic. And four companies, not only GSK, but other major pharmaceuticals, Pfizer, Sanofi, Behringer, they all were making Xanax or Xanax generic drugs, and uh, they knew that uh, there was this very serious storage problem. So the FDA actually took this off the market in 2020, but there are now tens of thousands of lawsuits, and this, uh, these ingredients are linked to 10 different types of cancers, and it's just... It's pretty mind-blowing, to be honest with you, that a company mm -hmm. would do that. It was making over a billion dollars on wow. Zantac. It was a blockbuster. Uh, but now, you know, the uh, chickens are coming home to roost. They, they knew for decades that mm -hmm. uh, it would cause cancer in a lot of the people who were using it. Yeah. And the FDA approved it? Well, the FDA did approve it. And, and then the FDA actually ultimately in 2020 took it off the market. It was a recall. Mm -hmm. But um, there's now tens of thousands of these lawsuits, and it seems very clear that the levels of these chemicals were very high. Wow. Yeah, all good stuff to know. It really is. And I'm glad we're covering it. It's Monday, so we are covering the most read news and views of the week with Mary Holland and the Children's HealthDefense.org. I'm looking at the clock. We're going to go for a quick break. Everyone stay tuned. You are listening to One Life Radio. Health, freedom, news, and views with the president of Children's Health Defense, Mary Holland. One Life Radio will be right back. Crazy Waters benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the Crazy Well, and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous mineral water company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. 
everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Mary Holland. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. If you're just now joining us, Mary Holland serves as president and general counsel of the Children's Health Defense. She left the faculty of New York University School of Law, where she served for 17 years, most recently directing its graduate lawyering program. Mary received her Master of Arts in Juris Doctor degrees from Columbia University and her undergraduate degree from Harvard. She has worked in international public and private law, and Mary is also the co-author of Vaccine Epidemic and the HPV Vaccine on Trial, Seeking Justice for a Generation Betrayed. You can find Mary Holland at childrenshealthdefense.org. Okay, so the next story headline from the Defender Newsletter, Most Read News and Views of the Week, reads, 5G Towers Can Make Healthy People Sick, Two Case Reports Show. So, Mary, what did Suzanne Burdick, a Ph.D., report regarding these two previously healthy men who developed microwave syndrome symptoms after a 5G cell tower was installed on the roof of their office? Well, these men became very ill. Um, they developed many symptoms, fatigue, headaches, um, uh, very significant shortness of breath, a lot of different symptoms. Also, there was a couple in Sweden where um, an antenna was put on their residential building and very similar things at exactly the same time, two different people. There was no other apparent change. Uh, and what this is now really proving is that these products are very can be very harmful to people's health in an immediate way. Mm-hmm. And um, an important researcher, Dr. Hardwell from Sweden, is somebody who had done research particularly about chemical agents uh, that were used by the United States in the Vietnam War, Agent Orange in particular. So he his science was the basis that people be compensated, military members be compensated in the U.S. In other words, it's very credible science. And um, so he's saying that these... This is very, very serious. These, um, this, it, the electromagnetic radiation, and the, it's causing electro or microwave sickness, electrosensitivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't question it. It's funny you say Agent Orange because that was actually that was uh, developed by Monsanto. A lot of people don't know that, um, and so yeah, Monsanto. You know, th- all these big, big chemical, big pharma, big, big tech, all of them. They're all in bed together, and it's pretty obvious. But that's just another example of it right there. Okay, so we're nearly halfway through the top ten most read news and views from the Defender newsletter at the Children's Health Defense. The next headline reads: uh, Google expands campaign to inoculate people against mis information, but critics say it's all about money. So, Mary, what do you say? So, Google is, we have a theme here of misinformation, as we've been talking about, Bernadette, and Google is trying to brand certain things, misinformation, treat it as a virus, and extinguish it through what they call pre-bunking. They've been working on this in Germany in particular, and pre-bunking means to basically warn people in advance, people will be making these outlandish conspiracy claims and you need Mm -hmm. to know that it's false. And interestingly, they've been doing a testing campaign in Eastern Europe about Ukrainian refugees. And apparently their campaign was quite successful in that it reached 38 million people, or 38 million views. So this is troubling. This is a form of information control. This is a form of propaganda and censorship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I read the article. It was very scary. Um, and they've got they're running videos, um, to, the ads that are going to run on Facebook, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. And think how many young people are going to watch those, right? 
get inside yeah. their, their minds, their sponge brains, and, uh, you know, <laughs> because they are at that age. You know, they're absorbing so much information, especially, you know, I think uh, in the ages of what? I mean, they, it starts early from, the, from birth, but I don't know. Once, you beca- once, once a child is on social media, their, their minds are very easy to manipulate. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Social media is very, very dangerous. It is a form of mind control. Yeah. Okay, so we have five more headlines to go. The next one reads, World Government Summit, how the merging of humans and technology will define the next 50 years. You know, Mary, this piece written by Ph.D. Michael, Michael Nevridakis is quite frightening, especially the last sentence of this article. It really it disturbed me deeply. It did. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so Michael's been doing a great job on covering the psychopaths at the World Economic Forum, and they just had a meeting about government 2071 in Dubai in the middle of February, and it is completely dystopian what they see, basically leading very much to transhumanism. Humans become uh, technologically adapted. The world becomes drastically different. We all live in the metaverse. We mine and explore outer space. But the last line, as you point out, says, we still need more shocks to spur this transition to a new world order. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I don't know which shocks they're talking about, but who do these people think they are? Who do mm-hmm. they think they are? That I know. Them to change the world that we've known for millennia it's just wrong in my view it really is just fundamentally wrong that these people say oh this is the future this is what we're going to do and we're going to shock people into it it's just not the right way to go about life yeah no i it was it was deeply disturbing i had to get up and actually take a break for about an hour because i my brain just was thinking oh my gosh you know and like you said you know how dare they how dare they dictate how we how other people should live if you want to live and i i woke up thinking about it this morning like who are these people you know are these like uh, you know i thought they would they want it's just so crazy when you read the article. It's so crazy for them to be so bold to make a statement like that. And, of course, I was thinking what I think a lot of people were thinking. What are they going to do, start World War III? Because these people that, were, that are at these World Economic Forums and, uh, you know, and, and world, uh, the World Health Organization, uh, they have the capability and the power to do a, a, a lot of terrible things. Agreed? True. Absolutely. Yeah. They're very wealthy and powerful people. Yeah. And so how do we stop them, Mary? We keep doing what we're doing, Bernadette. We wake more people up. We get people out of the mind control that they're in. We show people that all these things are interconnected, and they literally have no decency. They are not really envisioning a human future. You just read that article, and it's very clear. They are envisioning a very profitable future for them with very few humans and transforming humans into machines. That Mm -hmm. is their vision. I don't believe most humans want that. I certainly don't. No, I don't either. It's like, I don't know. It's like they they, they think of the world and running the world like they do uh, putting a Lego together. You know, <laughs> that's what, what I was thinking about this morning. Like, who are these crazy people that think that this our, our lives are in the balance here? Our children's lives are in the balance. They don't get to decide what we want to do with our lives and what makes us happy and our children happy. So I'll move on to the next story, though. And these are all kind of related. That's, you know, part of this, too, this week. The next headline. 
headline reads, Supreme Court hearings on Section 230 point, uh, 230 point to broader showdown over future of online speech. Okay, so Mary, this story is much more powerful than the headline indicates, in my opinion, and deeply connected to the prior headline, as I said, regarding defining the next 50 years. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. So in the 1990s, when the Internet was in its infancy, if we can remember back, um, the Congress put in place uh, something called the Communications Decency Act to protect these Internet providers so that they would not be liable for the content that you or I or anybody else might post. Mm-hmm. But over time, they, their algorithms, they've, they've gotten, you know, they, they are literally more powerful than governments in getting messages across. And it's very clear that their algorithms, which are just codes, do promote things that you're interested in. And so these two cases that are before this, that just were, had oral argument and the court will decide by June, they relate to people who died through terrorist acts. And the plaintiffs are, or the, the uh, petitioners are arguing that the, the, the terrorists learned about what their craft and they became inspired and incited to do things by social media. And so the arguments that they're making is there should be some liability for these big tech platforms. And there's, it's a very long conversation. Uh, an attorney that works with us, Scott McCullough, is very, um, very knowledgeable in this area. And he says it, it's not all or nothing and that actually um, the, the Gonzalez plaintiffs in this one case or petitioners, they're talking about um, a different situation. And his view, it seems to be, is that we, that we hope that the Supreme Court will grant discovery so that we can really figure out exactly what those algorithms were. What Mm -hmm. was Facebook doing to give this information about terrorism to these people who perpetrated these murders? Yeah. No, absolutely. Our freedom of speech is on the line here again. Right. Uh, And it's like uh, I I love what the New York Post wrote in this story uh, reported that the the critics of the law say that it it has been interpreted in the courts well beyond its original intent and and has handed private tech companies the keys to the modern day version of public square. I agree with that. Right. Yes. And it's interesting uh, that I think that is part of what will be discussed in these cases. And another point that Scott McCullough makes is that the Supreme Court has already said that in next term, in the fall, the court will hear two anti-censorship laws from Florida and Texas. Mm. So I think this is an important area for sure for us to be watching. And there does need to be a balance. You don't want um, you don't want public fora advocating unlawful activity like terrorism. At the same time, we don't want Google and Facebook telling us what we can say about COVID. Those are two very distinguishable things. And I think what Scott McCullough is saying here, and I think it's right, is we do have to look at this in a nuanced way. We can't say, oh, they can say anything they want, which is basically what the story is today, or they can't say anything. There, there is a gray area in between that excludes their ability to promote illegal activity, but denies them the ability to censor information that's truthful and lawful. Mm-hmm. So not even truthful, but just lawful. Yeah, well said, I might add. Uh, I'm going to go to the next headline. We've got three more to go. The eighth headline reads, Florida issues health alert. mRNA COVID vaccines cause substantial increase in reports of adverse events. So, Mary, what is happening in Florida regarding the mRNA vaccines? 
Well, kudos to, sec to um, Surgeon General Dr. Latipo, who sent an open letter to the FDA and the CDC about the vaccine adverse event reports from the state of Florida. And he says there's been a 1,700% increase in adverse events after they brought the COVID shots onto the schedule. And he said, you know, I agree that causation doesn't equal, correlation doesn't equal causation, but that doesn't mean we should abandon common sense. Mm -hmm. You need to really look at the fact that these are very injurious shots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are the, are the uh, deaths, uh, sudden deaths, still increasing or staying at 11%? Is there any report on that uh, from, I know Edward Dowd wrote the book, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, he's still looking at the data. I mean, we will definitely be coming out. I don't think that they've gone down dramatically, which is very troubling, Bernadette. In other words, the the rise in excess mortality seems to be continuing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was a blip in 2020 when COVID happened, but 2021 is when the vaccines really rolled out in 2022, and we're still seeing higher levels of disability and deaths, uh, and that seems to be continuing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to know. I was reading about the relationship to the COVID-19 vaccine and cancer. There's a lot of information coming out about that, um, where they have found the spike protein in cancer cells now, which would explain uh, a lot of doctors uh, behind the scenes talking about the increase in cancer. You know, like people that have been in remission for many, many years, just, you yeah. know, uh, having their cancer. Uh, we did a story on it, actually. Uh, what, what It was uh, one of the, uh, oh my gosh, what was the name of, it was a Dr. Offit? who had the, received the vaccine and the cancer in his armpit or the, yeah, do you know what I'm it office, But it's a doctor over in the Netherlands. I'm forgetting his name, but yeah, yeah. there was a case report where he had been in remission for a long period of time and immediately his cancer spread Well, his cancer came back and spread. And yet he was still telling people to go get the vaccines. Yeah, there's a lot to know. We can't cover it all in this first uh, half of the show, but I'll go to the next headline. Uh, the next headline from the Defender newsletter reads, As public trust wanes, FDA pledges to save lives by policing online content. So, Mary, is it just me or are we seeing a theme? As I said earlier here, I, I'm, am I getting paranoid? Why do I feel like somebody's no, watching paranoid. me? This is the <laughs> that we just read above about what Google is doing. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, federal government are doing the same thing. They're trying to stamp out, quote, unquote, misinformation. And what they're really saying, they're just basically pushing pharma again. They're saying that anybody who defied the government and the pharma narrative was somehow engaged in misinformation. And mm -hmm. the good news is I don't think anybody really much is listening to the FDA at this point, to be honest with you, Bernadette. I'm, I'm really serious about that. Yeah. Well, you know, um, it's it, it, we, we do have to be careful and we have to be aware. You know, another heartbreaking story, uh, which I believe uh, should be coming up on the show as we cover these vaccine injured people here on One Life Radio, that it is real. Uh, Deidre Long, can we talk about her story? The exclusive 37 year old injured by Pfizer vaccine had to learn to walk and speak again. Oh, it's just another Really hard to read. Tragic story, Bernadette. This woman has three children. She was in the prime of life. She had a job she loved. She got COVID in um, February 2020, and she was really sick. And so she got a new job. But in her new job, they coerced her to get uh, COVID vaccines, even though she presumably had natural immunity. She'd had COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So she gets her two shots in October and November 2021. 
and she develops fatigue, numbness, leg dragging, tremors, spasms. Literally, she can't even talk anymore. She was gasping for air 10 times a day. Only one doctor would believe that it could be related to the shot. Uh, It was a game changer for her family, and she said, we will not vax our children ever. Mm -hmm. And she's telling people, do not take the vaccine or give it to children. And like so many, where she has found some support is online through communities of other people who've been injured. But she says that she was treated as a guinea pig, that she was gaslighted, that she was left to die alone. And um, she said that she was shamed for taking the vaccine by the anti-vaxxers and yelled at for not taking enough vaccines by the vaxxers. And she says, we need to stop being hateful. We need to Mm -hmm. save lives. And being divided gets us nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, fast from hurting uh, and say kind words in the the words of Pope Francis, some advice for Lent. But, uh, you know, I I know we need to go, but I I have this other article in my hand. Uh, This is from um, just this past week as well. Moderna vaccine caused death of 28-year-old man, Singapore Health Authority say. Uh, do you know anything about this story, Mary? Yes, and yeah. the only good news about that story is that the, the, the health authorities in Singapore have established that his death was because of the Moderna vaccine. It was because mm-hmm. of the heart complications. He had a cardiac arrest. And in Singapore, they've actually paid the family. Uh, it's like essentially $225,000. Uh, and that means that Singapore is ahead of the United States, which has mm-hmm. not yet compensated a single vaccine death or injury from COVID. Yeah. And he died 21 days after receiving the Moderna uh, spike yeah. vax COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. Uh, gosh, we blew through that 30 minutes so quickly, Mary. Always great to have you with us. And thank you so much for all the work that you do with the Children's Health Defense. I know everyone out there listening appreciates your hard work. Thank you so much, Bernadette. Next You're week. You're welcome. You. All right. Next Bye. week what? Let's talk to you next week. <laughs> All right. All right. Mary Holland, everyone, I encourage you to go to the children's health dot org and sign up for the uh, for the Defender newsletter because it's free. It's weekly. Just go to children's health dot org and get the top 10 news and views and be informed. We'll be right back. One of my favorite people is coming up. Dr. Mike McFarlane. We're going to be talking about gratitude in your life and how important it is. Stay tuned. You're listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The courage to face COVID-19, preventing hospitalization and death while battling the biopharmaceutical complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone and Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. 
Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Dr. Mike McFarland. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. I have so much gratitude for being here today with Dr. Mike McFarland, everyone. He is a licensed psychologist in the, and you too, Jerry, uh, in the state of Texas with a private <laughs> practice in Dallas. I got to cover all my bases, right? Oh my goodness. Uh, Dr. Mike provides individual therapy to adolescents through adulthood. He specializes in the treatment of anxiety disorders, obsessive compulsive spectrum disorders, or OCD, and male body image and eating disorders. You can find Dr. Mike at McFarlandPsychology.com. That's McFarlandPsychology.com. Today we're talking about inspire your life with gratitude. So happy you're here with us today. How are you doing? How you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm uh, <laughs> thrilled to be here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm thrilled to have you here. I always look forward to having you on the air. And, uh, you know, we do have to meet sometime. It's been far too long through all of this COVID since you used to come in studio, and we used to have such a good time. We really did. I know. I loved it. I loved that. Me too. Have a lot of gratitude for it. A lot of the times that we had in studio, but you know, it's all coming back slowly. I think as everyone tries to just navigate through all of this and and hit reset and make things more familiar again and normalize things. But you know, we're we're we are living in a period that is so uh, filled with daily stressors. Whether we're talking about struggling economy, inflation. Uh, distress to the government. That's a big one for me. Yes, <laughs> World <yeah>. conflict, <laughs> racial, racial <laughs> tensions, but we have no shortage of things, right, to get discouraged about. But in Definitely. this environment, Dr. Mike, how should gratitude fit into our daily lives? Yes. Well, everything you said is so true. Um, we have a lot to worry about on a daily basis now. Research uh, coming out of the American Psychological Association, they do an annual Stress in America survey, and it suggests that Americans are experiencing unprecedented levels of stress. For example, 81% of Americans who participated in the poll were stressed out due to supply chain issues, 87% stressed out due to rising inflation. Uh, That's up from 59%, uh, so big increase just in August of 2021. Mm -hmm. And 80% of Americans are uh, tense and stressed about a possible uh, Russian uh, cyber attacks or even nuclear attacks to the U.S. Well, yeah. So, you know, uh, 69% of Americans now are afraid of World War III, Mm -hmm. and they fear that we're already in the beginnings of it. Yeah. So we've got no. a very stressed out population. Yeah, we do. And all those thoughts have entered through my head, as I'm sure, you sure. know, they probably have yours. Anyone my who team. has. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, if you if you're thinking instead of stinking, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. and you have critical thinking skills. Yeah, you, of course. With everything that's going on. I mean, if you heard the show before you, you came on uh, with Mary Holland and all the things, all the top news and views from the Children's Health Defense and the, the things that we cover and you think, oh, my gosh, where will the corruption stop right and everyone's affected i know someone personally who has almost lost their company they're holding on by a thread because of supply chain issues right uh which has caused all kinds of uh you know economic or uh you know stress on that person and their company and their employees as well and so it's a trickle down and so you know the idea though of incorporating gratitude into our lives makes a lot of sense right Um, but but it's no go ahead go ahead I was just going to say, in the face of all this stress, we really need to counter the daily barrage of news and negativity that we get um, with 
a set of positive daily habits. And I know that we've talked about this before, and you have mm-hmm. many people on your show that talk about some of this, but it's important to include on a daily basis mindfulness, meditation, prayer, whatever is your thing, but to really connect with a higher power, um, something beyond you know the day-to-day. We've got to eat healthy. We've got to exercise regularly, get good sleep. And as we're discussing today, um, finding sources of gratitude in our daily lives can make a huge difference. Yeah, it can. You know, I was reading um, this book. Uh, I read a lot of books, but Me, We, Do, Be, and it's the four cornerstones of success. And uh, Randall Bell, he's a PhD as well, like you. I'm Dr. Mike. And he wrote, you know, one of the things that he wrote in here, it, it's called Rich Habit Number 15. It's For me, it's not really the rich habit. Just, you know, I always am reading. But it says, those who remember right. others' others' birthdays uh, to, um, for, to be 14.1% happier. And so I think part of the gratitude and the daily habits is is getting outside of yourself, right? And reaching yeah, out yeah. and trying to bring all each other up in the me, we, do, be, right? Um, yeah. And and thinking of other people, that's another way to exercise gratitude. Yeah. Would you agree? So true. Yes. And people have, uh, you know, not necessarily a clear idea of what gratitude really is. Um, but broadly defined, it's a quality of being thankful and showing appreciation for the good things in our lives. And Mm -hmm. it involves acknowledging the positive aspects of our experiences, even in the face of challenges or difficulties. And it's often described as, you know, a positive emotion that can lead to greater happiness, resilience, and well-being. And so much gratitude, you know, when we really engage in the practice of recognizing what we're grateful for, it goes well beyond ourselves. And oftentimes the things I know when I do this, the the things that I contemplate uh, tend to be related to family, friends, long-term relationships, people that are important to me. Um, And as you said, you know, kind of getting outside of yourself and looking at all the great things that have uh, happened in your life and people that are in your life that really enrich it. Mm -hmm. And remembering, so, you know, this morning here in Dallas, the sun, did you, were you up early and enjoyed the beautiful morning that we had this morning? Uh, I missed that. You did. The dust was on fire. preparing for this. Oh, it was it was it was amazing. It was truly amazing. And all I could think of is my mom, you know, uh, and she mm-hmm. would go, oh, what a beautiful morning. You know, <laughs> she, mm-hmm. she would, oh, you know, yes, she used to sing that song all the time. And she had such gratitude for for nature and for life and she would sing she sang that song all the time but you know and she would she would I could hear her you know it didn't matter what mm-hmm. season it was she always had like a like a just an amazing uh appreciation for a flower like oh look at the morning glories you know or oh uh what, 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 there's another oh not magnolia I can uh, geranium so we used to have a geranium plant in our home but my mother would take so much just she would appreciate that 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 the you know that the plant bloomed you know and it would change her the trajectory of her whole day and i was thinking about her this morning and thinking about what a beautiful morning what a beautiful day and those are the things that we this little things right that we need to have gratitude that get us through each day when we're just consumed with fear agreed <laughs> Yes, and it's and as you said, it's the little things. You hear the birds chirping in the morning and just appreciate, you know, the yeah. wonder of their lives. And there's just so much uh, beauty in nature that if we can just slow down a little bit and look around, 
we do have beauty all around us, and we're fortunate to be living in a country that is incredibly prosperous. And despite all the stress that we have about the negativity mm-hmm. that we're constantly bombarded with, we really in America have it very good, and we have taken pretty good care of our of our environment. And you can go outside and actually really enjoy what is there. And there's just so much to appreciate and embrace. I do like standing, you know, when I come outside before I get in the vehicle to come to the station to just kind of stand there sometimes and just, yeah. you know, just yeah. take it in. Take it in. It, That's it's right. amazing. Yeah. We, we get pretty good uh, grounds ball. in the apartment complex that I live mm-hmm. in, you know, so there's a lot of squirrels. Uh, a bunny rabbit ran past me today, uh-huh. like really close. The rabbits <laughs> wow. are not afraid of humans <laughs> at our apartment complex. That's awesome. No, and those are little things, right? Those daily habits, Dr. Mike, right? Oh, definitely. The daily habits are so important. And I was noticing nature today as an example. I have a little routine where um, I walk to the gym, and then when I walk back, I put on my uh, plastic gloves, and I get out um, a trash bag, and I just pick up trash every day when I come back from the gym just along the way. And, you know, inevitably, especially there's this little bank, and so uh, the – um, trash will blow into the bushes, but when I'm pulling the trash out of the bushes, I get to admire the bushes. That's and right. so it's amazing. It's just the little things. You look at them and you think mm-hmm. nature is so complex and so wonderful, and it's all around us. And if we just slow down, even just looking at you know the, the tiny leaves on a plant can actually be quite thrilling. And and so and there's just there's so much to be grateful for if we slow down enough to observe it. Yeah, you got to slow down. Yeah, this morning when I was putting bird seed out and uh, filling the uh, the bird feeder, um, I noticed these little teeny weeny. They're so cute. They were teeny. I say teeny weeny. They were like a third of the size of my of my thumb of my uh, pinky nail. Little tiny little purple <laughs> like purpley pink flowers. And I was thinking, uh-huh. oh my god, they're so cute. I wish I could pick them and make a little tiny. It would be so tiny though. I mean, they were they were so a mini little. bouquet. Yeah, like a mini bouquet or something. <laughs> and I bouquet. thought, am I crazy? But those are the kind of things that we need to do. Right? Right, to slow down so we appreciate the beauty yeah. around us and focus on that instead of all the dark evil that we do have to fight. We do need to fight uh, for our rights and our freedoms here in America and all over the world and not let all these evil forces take over. The greed has consumed our world, and I, but I do think that the good can overcome it, right, by, uh, by just right. us being aware. Aware, but I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at the clock. We're going to yes. go for a quick break. Yeah, I know I'm way overdue. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. More coming up with Mike McFarland, PhD. Inspire your life with gratitude. We'll be right back. You're listening to One Life Radio. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at OneLifeRadio.com. Hey everyone, I have to share a story about how amazing TerraFlora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection, but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take TerraFlora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotic. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the advanced care. Her stomach bloating went away and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says TerraFlora Advanced Care has been a game changer and she won't go without it. 
I hear stories like this all the time about TerraFlora Advanced Care and all the TerraFlora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself, and I encourage everyone to visit Enviromedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's Enviromedica.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. I love that. <laughs> a little music. That's another thing that can inspire your life with gratitude. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry and Dr. Mike McFarland. Uh, we are continuing our live broadcast with Dr. Mike McFarland. Uh, inspire your life with gratitude. Uh, Dr. Mike is a licensed psychologist in the state of Texas with a private practice here in Dallas. Uh, he provides individual therapy to adolescents through adulthood. He specializes in the treatment of anxiety disorders, obsessive compulsive spectrum disorders, and male body image and eating disorders. You can find Dr. Mike at McFarlandPsychology.com. Dot com. That's McFarlandPsychology.com. We're talking about inspire your life with gratitude. So, Dr. Mike, what are the short and long-term benefits of living your life with gratitude? So, in the short term, we immediately begin to feel more optimistic about the day. Let's say that we practice, you know, a couple of the, the key forms of uh, gratitude. One being that we just do a, a beginning of the day, a mindfulness meditation, where we reflect on things that we are grateful for in our lives. And we can do that when we first wake up. Imagine, you know, you, you wake up, you become aware of things, you hear the birds chirping, and the first thing you do before you jump out of bed and uh, proceed with your day is think about, what do I have to appreciate and be grateful for? Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how that first little set of thoughts that we engage in can set the tone for the entire day. So in the short term, if you do something like that, you're going to be thinking about how you appreciate a good friend or, wow, your sister is someone really special, you know, um, gosh, how fortunate it, it was to have the parents that you had. Those are the kinds of things that I know come to me when I do these morning meditations. And then, you know, it, it starts with that, but then we immediately feel more optimistic and we're, we're, we tend to create ripple effects with that when we interact with other people. So for me, you know, a couple of days ago, I was having this thought about my older sister and just how, uh, how many ways that she's special in my life. And so I just sent her a quick text message and, mm -hmm. and said something to that effect. Um, well, you know, an hour later, she sent me a message saying, gosh, that was a great thing to wake up to. And it's really, I can't imagine a better thing to start my day with. Aww. So that ripple effect goes beyond me. And now who knows how that is going to affect how she approaches other people. Mm -hmm. And so this short-term benefit is sort of like putting our positive energy out there in the world. And these waves of positive energy can bump up against a lot of this negativity that we see. So it helps not only ourselves, but it helps buffer other people uh, with some positivity when we're constantly being deluged with the negativity. That and is then, exactly why I try and smile and nod at every human I pass. 
<laughs> Whether I know him or not. Just a little smile, a little nod. Yeah, that's good. I think that's wonderful. I think I that's so great. And it's amazing that little validation. You have no idea. Some people may be, you know, in their heads and not really notice it, but you might touch someone with that um, gesture, and that could just shift the tone of their day in a positive way. So I think, oh, that, yeah. I think that's terrific. My flawed humanness acknowledges your yeah. flawed humanness. Yeah. You have a good day. Yes. Yeah, no, it exactly. does. It can change. It can change. A, it, it, it's so powerful. Words have power. I know I'm not going to get into it now, but I, I know you've heard the story about um, after my first Christmas, after my first divorce and my children and I were very broken and we were in a central market. And all someone did is tell me, give me a, it a, this, this beautiful spirit. This, this Latino guy was behind the counter and he just gave me a big smile and and nodded at me and said, everything's going to be OK, you know, and I started bawling. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But but mm-hmm. just knowing that someone cared enough to acknowledge that I was hurting and give me a big smile and tell me everything was okay changed my whole day and my whole Christmas, you know. Yeah. And so it's it doesn't take much, right? To 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 and and you feel good when you're helping other people, right, Doctor Mike? Yes, absolutely. And I love that, Jerry. That idea about just giving a smile and a, and a little nod yeah. to people um, because it's those little gestures that allow humanity to support each other. And we need more of that positive energy in there and, you know, out there in the world. And we can, we can put that out there. And so it starts with ourselves, but then we expand out and we, and we touch other people's lives with that mm-hmm. positivity. And yeah. so the long-term effects, you know, can be tremendous. And throughout our day, day after day, you're practicing this, you're going to be much more optimistic about your life, and you're going to have a greater sense of connection and appreciation for the world around you. So there's just so much benefit to gratitude. And for those who haven't tried it, I say just give it a try and see what happens. Yeah. And change, uh, it's a collective consciousness in the whole world, right? If we all do that. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Oh, gosh. The time went by way too fast. Uh, Dr. Mike, I wish we had more time. Always great to have you on the show. Really do appreciate you and love you so much and all the the work that you've done here with us on One Life Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you, and I'm very grateful for you, Bernadette. Ah, oh, thanks, Dr. Mike. All right. He's a, he's a good one, you guys. If you're looking for a shrink, McFarlandPsychology.com. That's McFarlandPsychology.com. Okay, we have to wrap this up. Uh, I encourage everyone to fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude uh, because gratitude affects your attitude <laughs> and your happiness. Okay, you get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. Get out there today and fill it with gratitude. Go, go, go.